Hey, Angie. Hi, how are you guys? Good. I think it's just you and me right now. How's everything been going for you? I know you stay busy. Oh, oh my goodness, yes. But it's been going great. Oh, good. You like it over there, I bet. Yeah. Just I'm supposed to tell you hi, by the way, from Chad Lago Marcino oh. and from Todd Brenniger. Oh, where did you see yeah. Chad? Um, I didn't see Chad, but I had been in talks with the agency, Atlanta, and he is, was one of the managing brokers. Now he's exiting oh. out. That's and so time. I and called him to find out. My Todd, my Todd. I know. Well, I saw Todd in the office the other morning. I was like making copies for something, and he's like, "Hi." I'm like, "Hi." I'm like, "It's Ghost Town," and I miss Angie. He's like, "I miss Angie too." And we're like crying <laughs> on each other. Oh. Anyway, I'll clip this oh part out once once um Cassie gets in here. But I was thinking, unless you have something top of mind, anything actually, um. Just kind of whatever you want to talk about. Well, the copycat lawsuits, um, those are, you know, I I could uh, chime in a little bit on that just because. There's one in Georgia right now, right? We we do. Well, we do have um, language in our brokerage agreements that have actually Mm -hmm. existed since 2018 that says that our clients will not participate in any type of class action lawsuit. Oh, love and, that. Uh, also that they will agree to arbitrate prior to litigating. And so mm-hmm. all of this has been brought to the attention of the uh, attorney that filed the most recent class action mm-hmm. lawsuit. And it seemed to take them by surprise. He so, didn't read the um, contract. Interesting. Well, when I brought it up to Chad, Chad said the same thing. He goes, well, Amber, our closing attorneys are, you know, we're a different state. We're one of two states that closes this way. So we're kind of okay. Well, but specifically, we would not have uh, we would have not had a problem with that um, class action. I mean, uh, them bringing one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's they can bring a lawsuit. Anybody can bring a lawsuit, but it, your lawsuit doesn't have a lot of merit to it when <laughs> all the people that are in the lawsuit have agreed not to file a class action right. lawsuit. And if they want to sue, they have to sue individually. But apparently, when Weissman actually went to uh, the attorney and addressed all this and said, basically, dude, you went out, whipped out and followed this copycat lawsuit. So what Weissman anticipates is that the the lawsuit will be amended, revised, something to that nature. But they're they're on top of it. And um, and, uh, but but basically, the main thing is we just need to the main thing I would say for an educational standpoint Mm -hmm. is agents need to um, remember that we need that we are um, needing now more than ever to be super duper transparent with our um, with our clients about how we earn commission. Mm -hmm. And we need to shift our um, our our focus to. We're trying to attract buyers for sellers and um, not each other. And we right. just have to, there's just certain certain things that we need to focus on. Um, and then of course, if you want to talk about interest rates and things like that, I, I would say maybe Cassie's get off. On, so, yeah, so she I did, help. I came in. I'm sorry, I, for some reason I wasn't able to join, but I'm here now. All good, I'll, I'll cut everything, I'll cut out everything up into this point, y'all. So yeah. if y'all want to go, we can introduce what ourselves. What I was thinking is, let's talk about the uh, how competitive the market's getting and maybe some yeah. strategies um, yes, that we're going to have to start employing. Uh, that would be the thing that I would see the, it's going to be the most meaty. Open and I have that. some 
some con contract strategies that I would suggest wow. agents need to become familiar with because they need to have this and be prepared. Um, and then I'm sure Cassie has some uh, tidbits too because we're inventory still at a record all time low. I know. And interest we're already seeing multiple offers across the board and mm -hmm. if interest rates drop as we get into the spring market even a little bit it's just going to bring more buyers onto the market and so we're going to be in situations where um the buyers are going to be uh, undergoing a lot of competition okay right, cool. so i'll open it up right now and i'll just have okay. you guys introduce yourselves and then um, I'll kind of roll out what she just said so that she can go into the, the strategies. And then Cassie, absolutely, you need to talk about what's going on with the raise, if you don't mind. And then I also want to give feedback on, on how to make your, your offers more aggressive in the, in the market. And maybe that can be an absolutely not or an absolutely yes as well. You have yeah. to be aggressive, you know, what to. All right, cool. Are we all ready? Yeah. Hey, guys, yeah. it's Thursday, February 22nd. Oh, my God, it's already. February. We're almost in the spring. This is Amber Rogers. I'm a real estate broker here in greater Atlanta with HomeSmart International, formerly Palmer House. And I've got my favorite queens on and we're all experts in our respective parts of real estate. The biggest and bestest in the world is Her Highness, the contract queen herself, Miss Angie Meza-Smith. So Angie, if you want to introduce yourself and then of course Cassie, our go-to lender for everything lending. I'll let you Hi, take guys. it away. Hey, everybody. It's Angie Mezzasmith. I'm thrilled to be here with my beautiful Amber and Cassie uh, talking about what's going on in the real estate business. Absolutely. And I'm Cassie Fuchs, a lender extraordinaire and able to give feedback on the lending side on all of this. But let's get Angie to start talking to us about this, this market and what we got to do to be aggressive. Yeah, I think what Angie was um, mentioning earlier is just we're seeing we still are such a decrepit low of inventory. So it's kind of working in our favor, even as rates rise, which Cassie can speak to. But Angie had mentioned some strategies that she thinks will be helpful, especially for agents that are you know representing buyers or even a seller to get buyers on board. So do you want to lead with that? Then that'd be wonderful uh, to hear. Absolutely. So from a buyer agent perspective, um, there's uh, certain uh, tools that I say, you know, I see as a broker that start getting utilized whenever we are in a multi-offer situation. And we are already I'm getting feedback from uh, various market centers, from uh, different teams and offices that they are seeing this uh, every week more and more and more. Uh, with multiple offers um, on listings and if rates come down um, and more buyers are coming into the spring market, which is a, probably the most uh, popular time to try and buy a house, uh, we're going to see more and more competitive offers. So as an agent, I would there's two uh, things that come to mind. I would uh, learn to utilize the um, option payment uh, feature in paragraph eight on page one of your GAR purchase and sale agreement, where the buyer can actually pay non-refundable money mm -hmm. uh, as option money to basically purchase their due diligence period. Sweet so pot, yeah. it, it can, it can, um, this is not earnest money, but mm -hmm. it's negotiable.
to whether it applies towards the purchase price or not. And obviously the lender would have to uh, be on board with that. But there's a, a checkbox that says it will or will not apply to the purchase price. Or if it doesn't apply to the purchase price, it's over and above money. But what's being there is the due diligence period. And we always want people to make the most informed decision when they're buying. So we really want them to have a due diligence period so that they can, uh, um, even if the property is sold and as is conditioned, they need to know everything they can about what as is is. Um, and so I would say uh, for buyer agents, um, definitely uh, learn how to utilize that option, additional option money section. That money is not paid to a broker or to a closing attorney. It goes directly from buyer to seller. They can sell it to one another if they want. It's completely non-refundable. I've done Venmo um, for it. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and um, it, it's completely non-refundable and they are purchasing something and the thing they're purchasing is their due diligence rights. So that's a good tactic to have your offer stand out. Another handy tool is if you don't use that, because if you're if you're using that, then you've got your due diligence. But if you don't do that, then instead of using due diligence, you can bring in the property sold with right to request repairs exhibit, which instead of giving which instead of giving the buyer a right to just terminate for any reason, it would uh, actually force the buyer to have to do an inspection and actually ask for bona fide defects, which are defined in that exhibit. Um, and uh, if the seller was uh, willing to fix the legitimate bona fide defects, then the buyer would not have a right to terminate and the contract would stick. So those I two contradict one another. You can't use them together. Uh, right. You're either picking one or the other, but those are two strategies. Um, that are very important. And then again, I also teach, um, and I want everybody to know this, that, you know, rule number one is don't take advice from other agents. And when I say yes. that, I mean, don't do what they do and don't just engage in the bad practices that they're engaging in. We're starting to see agents out there putting comments in MLS like mm -hmm. uh, buyer agent bonus if, mm -hmm. uh, over a certain price. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You can't tie. That's price fixing, what, isn't it? Or steering or price fixing it, or both? It's absolutely. And I, I guarantee you it's illegal. What One you're doing is it's basically like a net listing. You're basically mm. saying that I'm going to harm, potentially harm the public, my buyer, by manipulating them into paying whatever price your seller wants. And if I manage to pull that off, I get rewarded financially for that. Unbelievable. You can't do Forget. that. So we have to be on our on our um, top of our game as the professionals in this industry and, uh, you know, not go out there and see something that you see somebody else doing. Um, if you're going to offer somebody a co-op commission or if you're going to offer somebody um, a, a bonus, you can't tie whether or not they get that to how much mm -hmm. the seller is going to net. Because that is not fair to that um, to the public. It's not fair right. to that person. So that's something that we're seeing. And the the other thing I would say is agents need to understand because I hear this all the time. As is has absolutely nothing to do. I was going to ask you about that. Disclosure yeah. has oh. nothing whatsoever to do with disclosure and a seller. Uh, selling a property in as-is condition, regardless of whether they've lived there, um, they have a duty to disclose. It's actually Title 51, it's Georgia statute. Mm -hmm. And um, if the seller won't disclose defects, 
that are known about the property, then the agents and their brokers under Beretta, the broker relationship in Real Estate Transaction Act, have to disclose. And Mm. so uh, now, uh, even though this was always the case, it was a common misunderstanding. Now in the notice paragraph in the purchase and sale agreement, it actually says that when notice such as a very detailed inspection report is Mm. delivered and Amber can prove she delivered it to me, I am legally responsible for knowing all of the uh, big, bad, ugly content. Even if you don't open it. If I don't open it, that is Mm. correct. Even if I don't open the attachment, um, and it specifically says this in the GAR form now, so I have agents that are still under this misunderstanding. Oh, you know, don't send me the inspection report. Well, if you've already sent me the inspection report, I don't want it, so I didn't open it, or I didn't forward it to my client. Well, that same notice paragraph says that notice to the broker and um, is notice to the client. So whenever Amber gets it or I get it, um, it's as if we have already given it to our seller. You mm-hmm. cannot filter that as agents. So I, I, there's a couple of practices. And if I'm, if I'm representing a buyer, I'm not mm-hmm. going to ask you whether or not I no. can send you the inspection report. I'm going to send it because yeah. that is going to give me the only leverage I have to try and negotiate with you when now you have all this information, whether you wanted it or not, you now have it. Now that gives me more leverage mm-hmm. to say, now that you have the good, bad and ugly, like, you know, that's right. And, and guess what? If you don't want to work with me uh, and me and my buyer go away, then guess what? Guess what's not going away? Sure, that's that updated away. the next day and in the MLS. And that issue and that mold and that oh, wet and the goodness. water intrusion. That's Had not so going many away. agents do that, though. It's so unethical. Well, I, that's why I say rule number one, don't take advice from other agents. And right. by that, I mean, I mean, don't just engage in uh, the bad practices that you see other Someone people doing does. um and, and take it that that's okay you know yeah, like so, the yeah, thing. I, I love oh. how i see as is in every description i'm like girl it's all as is Hello. that's right the, gar is. f201 purchase and sale agreement <laughs> is an as is contract and amber is a and to I, have get, to explain that. I have to explain that i have to explain <laughs> yeah. that to all my sellers because they're like i'm just going to say as is and i'm like all due respect, I matter. understand why you think that because that's what people love to do, but it doesn't matter. That's right. You know something, it, it, you got to disclose it, period. Dot. That's yeah. right. It does not, It as is and uh, no disclosure do not go together. They have nothing to do with one another. And honestly, that started during the recession years yes, in around sure 2008 because we had a lot of entities like Fannie Mae and Bank of America and what have you that were uh, becoming sellers by default because of a default someone else did and as a result they had these elaborate addendum packages that says Mm. i don't know anything about the property so therefore i'm not able to provide disclosure Mm. because um i know nothing well guess what even those entities i don't care if you're freddie mac or fannie mae or bank of america uh, once you once you as the entity um are are made aware because Mm. somebody sent you an inspection report or you sent a worker out to the property to get it ready yeah. to put on the market. Once you're made aware they're of those, aware. Defects, all that goes, all that goes out the window. I don't care what kind of a Thank, Thank God. I remember so, those because I did a lot of BPOs to survive and 
I remember mm-hmm. seeing those, uh, like all the um, HUD homes and everything. And you still see them. People still think it's okay to say that. It's just ridiculous. They do. They do. But All right, you know, Cassie, you're up, girl. Oh, sorry. Yes. I can uh, talk to Angie all freaking day. Me, her time's so valuable. Day. I feel so badly, though, because I'll, like, talk her uh, up. I love I love to hear everything she has to say. I, mean, I learn just so much every time. time. Right. Um, so let's talk about well, the what's rates. What's up with rates? Yeah, I heard they went up again. Fun times. Yes, fun times. So we got this nice uh, drawback in December, which made us all happy, thinking, yay, 2024 is mm. coming, you know. And then we got a inflation report and a job report that has mm. now pushed us up, uh, you know, pretty heftily on the rates. 0.75 uh, or what is it? It's 7.7 yeah, now or something? Well, it's well, depending on if you are in a FHA government type loan or conventional, uh, I'd say FHA government type loans are still in the sixes, but the the um, the conventional has now gone up above seven. Um, Now, what it what they're saying is we're probably going to kind of stay stagnant with these rates um, Mm -hmm. up until summer. And then there might quite quite possibly be uh, a cut by the feds in the summer. Um, but, you know, this just leads me into this next conversation. As soon as those rates do get cut again, we're going to get inundated in the market with people. Right. Mm. Um, we're already we're already seeing multiple offers, just like, you know, yeah. she was talking about. But um, this is why it's so, so important to have your preferred lender that you work with, because it fits so perfectly in with these offers that you're making and ways to make it aggressive. If you've got your personal lender, you can get this client pre-approved to the point where their finance contingency is already handled. You can order, like with us, we fast track appraisal. We can have appraisals back within five days. So if you're going in and you're paying for that due diligence period, like she said, you can go in with option money, pay for a due diligence period, get an appraisal back during that due diligence period Mm -hmm. to know where you stand with that appraisal. And of course, being able to close that loan in you know, 15 business days is is just going to be so valuable. You guys are Um, so fast. Y'all close so fast. I'm always shocked and appalled at how quickly you guys are able to close. Well, especially since these, the, you know, you got so many different, um, lenders buying each other. And what they're doing is they, they're they're buying the sales force. They're buying the loan officers. Right. They are, they're cutting out the operations. The operations Mm. are being laid off. So what, what happens with, what happens when you double your, your sales force, your double your loan officers, but you cut half of your operations? Imagine what that does to the turn times on your your mortgages it's oh i mean God. they're going to be backed up so much so it's That's really important going on. i was wondering because i keep hearing about consolidation yep. and things being slower and so i'm still trying to push my buyers you know get in these houses yeah. i don't care they're very happy but i i think that it's you just got to you know get over yourself you got to get in these homes um and make the best of it and then you know so i don't yeah, you can do the no lender cash refinance, uh, no no lender cost refinance once you buy. So just That's get the awesome. home, you know. So I was just I talking to someone last night about that, and I gave him your number because he's awesome. been sitting on the fence renting, paying thirty five hundred a freaking month to rent That's some glossy place in Buckhead. And I'm like, look, I get it. You can walk to work, but guess what? You could buy a condo 
where my boyfriend lives pay, I don't know, maybe 500 grand on a bad day for a one bedroom. And then your mortgage payment will be like half of that potentially. I mean, and of course I gave him your number because I stay in my lane and I'm horrible math. <laughs> even with commission but i did i gave him your number and i was like think about it though because you're you have equity even if rates don't go down you're still going to be in a better position yeah and if they do I'm... go down then you can refi like it's a slam dunk correct anyway. well and and with low inventory guys and mm. and uh projections of people uh going to be moving into the metro atlanta yes. area over the next decade only increasing and increasing and no um no foreseeable big uh, um, magic thing that's going to cause inventory to just uh, suddenly uh, appear. That's correct. Um, that uh, supply demand is going to keep prices high. So waiting for prices to come down, that's not reality. From what I'm hearing and from every expert, we're not seeing any uh, model where prices going down because there is so low, such low inventory for buyers to sit on the fence and wait. So um, that's something people have to also keep in mind. Yeah, inflation only, I mean, the only, according to my real estate coach, she's like, the only industry where inflation actually benefits somebody is in real estate because your commission is going up with the home sale price going up. But yes, we're in this conundrum. It's such a catch-22. Wait, Angie, can I ask you, what do you think about the open door um, Super Bowl ad? Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts? Did you see the it? open door? I'm sorry. Did you see the Super Bowl ad from Open Door? I did not. So Open Door, just for anyone listening that's not in real estate, Open Door um, is basically, they do like a, a buy it for cash type of a situation. And uh, there's gift, there's pluses and minuses and all that. But yeah, they did a Super Bowl thing and supposedly this Atlanta family sold their house through Open Door live during the Super Bowl. Oh, I need to wow. dig deeper. I'll dig deeper that. and find out and, and then ask you on the next one. But yeah, I thought that was yeah, interesting. I, I didn't see that, but I know a lot that of there's, a lot of, there's a lot of programs out there that work with lenders that are trying to help do like, you know, different programs to help people um, you know, um, I'm trying to think of buying like one at the same time or whatever. Up equity. And yeah, I have a, we have a program for that too. Oh, we're like, they'll buy your house. Time. Is that what you're talking about, Kathy? We're like, they'll buy your house. Or offer a bridge your... loan or something. What they do is they offer a non-contingent um, purchase on your property wow. Wow. and then they issue out a, a percentage of your equity for you to go put down mm. on the next house. That's and because brilliant. it's a non-contingent non offer, we don't have to include that monthly debt against them because it's non-contingent. And then we they can use those funds to put down on their next house. And then after they get mm -hmm. into their house, they have a certain time period to sell that home. And then if any extra That's equity cool. is made, get that equity back. That's awesome. What's it called, really cool. Cassie? Yeah, what is so it? the one that I have is a flex, we, we call it flex equity program, um, but it's it's sort of like up equity, if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, that's um, the one I was thinking of, up equity. I've heard of that yeah, one. So this is, this is a, um, a group that has joined with up equity to use that to be able to offer it to their clients. And what we do as the lender is we go in and, and first find out, do they need the program? Because a lot of people don't realize they don't necessarily need to, to be, to have to do it that way. They can, they can afford both ways and just put a low down payment on the next home and then sell the home in their, in their 
own time. Um, but if they need that equity to get into the next home, they can do it through that program. And we don't, as long as it's a non-contingent offer, we do not count that payment against them. That's so cool. All right, can I throw some stats at you guys? I just printed this out. So this was, uh, this is a, the housing scorecard for Atlanta and Atlanta Agent Magazine is like my little bro and they, they just ran it and it was updated last January 29th of this year. So this is the most recent data, of course, because they can't just, as you guys know, they can't pull like last month's. But let's see, interest rates a year ago were 6.13. As of, this was last Monday when I printed this. As of uh, last Monday, they were 6.69. So they'd gone down. Pending home sales were at 76 a year ago. Currently, as of last week for January, they were at 77. So they've gone up. Builder confidence levels gone up almost 12 points. Unemployment's mm-hmm. gone down. Um, or actually, I'm sorry, unemployment went up 0.02%. So it went from 3.5% a year ago to 3.7%. So we're really in such a great place, y'all. And like, the housing inventory, it only went down by like 400 houses year over year, if you look at a year ago, too. It's really dependent on the, honestly, you know, Atlanta's such a spread out market. It's so micro, yeah. It really depends on where you're looking. Now, I, I, you know, in some of the places that I have uh, agents working, they don't, they don't really have, so they're still getting seller paid closing costs. They're still, you know, they're still able to, to make good negotiations. But then in other markets, it's like, like you said, multiple offers, mm-hmm. highest, uh, all the things, you know. Greater Atlanta, yeah. And it says our median sale so price. It really of, depends on where you are. Yeah, no, totally. Well, yeah, in your school district, and, and we have so many mm-hmm. relocations. But the last number I want to throw at y'all is, so it says, um, according to Georgia MLS, I ran this on Wednesday of last week. According to Georgia MLS, which is, you know, one of, there's only two MLSs in Georgia for anyone that doesn't know. FMLS and Georgia MLS. They said the median sales price of an Atlanta home hit $385,250. So $385,250 in January. And it was up 7% year over year. Right. And 0.9% month over month. The pace of sales is obviously slow, but, um, we're still up. So it's silly to sit on the sidelines, regardless of the rate, when you can walk away with equity. So anyway, I guess that's my little rant. Who has an absolutely yeah. not? Y'all got anything for me? I have an absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so absolutely self-employed borrowers. Mm-hmm. Um, before you file your taxes this year, you have got to talk to me because we need to discuss oh. how to make yourself successful with the way you file your taxes to qualify to purchase a oh. home. It is so important. Didn't that know that. Every self, yes. Um, that so many, um, so many of my self-employed borrowers have, have messed themselves up by the way that they file taxes. And it's such mm. an easy fix that, you know, if they need to be in a home, they need to be talking to their lender. I love that. I didn't know that. That's so good to know. I see. I learned That's so much awesome. from you guys. Do you have anything, Angie? I'm sure you can rant for days. My my absolute uh, is um, disclose, disclose, disclose. Mm. There's no, it's not optional. As is has nothing to do with it. And if you as Mm. a licensee, a broker or an agent uh, receive information from, for example, an inspection report um, or any information about a defect on the property or within a mile radius of the property that is not uh, known oh, or wow. hidden or obvious, and that's under Beretta. Beretta is what brokers get sued for. It's Title 10 mm. of the Georgia statutes. 
And even if your seller won't disclose, even if your seller refuses to fill out a seller's disclosure statement, although they've agreed to do that in our listing agreement, they've agreed to fill out a disclosure statement and they are statutorily required. You have to disclose. You have to actually um, um, you're responsible and you're opening yourself up for major liability and your brokerage up for major liability if you don't disclose. And as is will not protect anyone from that. And if you are sent something, you have to send it to the client and you have to disclose it. So if your client won't disclose it, you have to. And I remember calling you last year and being like, do I have to send it to my client? And you were like, well, technically you don't. Have to. I think it cut out. I'm so sorry. No, I was just I Angie more accolades because she's given me so much good advice to keep me out of hot water because as an agent, <laughs> text your listing, you know, your seller. And so when you've got a backup offer, that's wonderful. And then you get this stupid inspection report. I'm like, what if I don't open it? She's like, nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. So mine is um, an absolutely yes. And it's absolutely yes. List your house right now. Stop waiting. Why are we waiting? What are we waiting on? What if China bombs us tomorrow? We don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody even knew we'd be in such a great market for so long. I mean, everybody was saying, oh, it's a bull market. I remember two years ago, everybody was predicting that it was going to go crashing down, and it didn't. So we're still in such a great market. It's so silly to wait on the sidelines as a renter buy, to buy to wait. It's silly to sell to wait. It's silly because everybody thinks they have to wait till spring. Well, if you list right now, you're ahead of your five neighbors that are going to list in mid-April that you're going to be competing with. So I don't know. That's been my takeaway recently is everybody keeps saying, I want to wait till like spring, spring. I'm like, okay. I'm spring. <laughs> I'm like, isn't it kind of, isn't it kind of already like almost spring? I don't even know. I gotta it is. It's it close. What is it like a week away or something? I don't know. Technically on the calendar, it's a month away, but a month away. You know, uh, but, but uh, it, it, when we have nice days, you know. Yes. Well, it's nice out today. So I hope y'all get nice the out today. It feels very sweet. Thank goodness. I appreciate yeah. you guys. It's time. Y'all are the best. Oh, yes. It's a pleasure, ladies. It's a pleasure. Always so a pleasure. much, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. All thank right, you. you guys have, have a great day. Have Everybody a great day. Thanks for all your day. help, you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.